Um, so I was a pastor kid. I'm actually, I'm still um, a pastor kid because my dad's still a pastor. But I remember when I was a kid, like Kiari, um, churches would go to, people would go to church every day. So every day you have to be in church. Now we go to church on Sundays. Uh, and back then, my dad used to do a lot of visitation every day. And I would go with my dad. I would get excited, you know, that I was going to go out of the house with my dad. And we would go to a home and visit a family. And the visits would last like two or three hours. And when you are like Yari's age, uh, you need to be doing something. If you're going to be sitting down and talking for three hours, that's kind of hard. So I remember that I would tell my dad, are we leaving yet? Are we leaving yet? Dad, are we leaving? Can we leave now? Can we leave now? Can we leave yet? And my dad would always be like, you know, hold on, hold on. But I remember that through all those years, uh, just hearing the word of God, the word of God, the word of God all the time. And right now when we were singing, um, I was just remembered the story of this pastor kid that I heard a long time ago that he was going to third grade. Uh, the teacher drew something on the board that it was like a squirrel, you know. And then she started asking the kids, okay, so what is this on the board? Can anybody tell me? And she went over every single kid, and no kid could guess. And kids would be like, oh, teacher, I don't know. And they would get nervous and anxious. And the teacher was like, come on, kids, nobody knows what this is. And then at the end, the teacher gave up, and she said, okay. Uh, and she called the pastor kid, and she said, okay, now you tell me, Johnny, what is this? And he, said, he stood up, and he said, I don't know, teacher. I don't know what it is, but I know that the answer is Jesus. <laughs> so that's how the life of pastor kids work. But that's, that's what I want to talk about, you know, in the message. So I want to speak today on the subject of relying on God and not on people. Relying on God and not on people. And I want to read the scripture from the book of Psalms. Chapter 118, verse 8, and it says like this, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. How many of you agree? Okay, say it with me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much, Lord God, for your word. We love you for who you are. We love you because you took the first step in loving us. We didn't decide to follow you or love you. We responded to your decision to love us and to reach out to us. I pray today, Lord God, as we share this uh, word that we will open our eyes and realize that you are the only one we can rely on 100% in our daily lives. We praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you. So relying on God and not on people. You know, it's, it's great when you have friends, when you have people that cheer you on uh, and make you feel value, make you feel like you're worth it. Uh, it's great, you know, when, keep you, when people give you compliments, when you go to work and people tell you, hey, you look pretty with your hair. You look pretty the way you cut it. You look pretty, you know, the way you dye your hair. Or, hey, you're losing weight. Or, I like your shirt. I like your pants. I like your shoes. You know, compliments are great. They make you feel good about yourself. 
It's great, you know, when a co-worker says, hey, you know what, I see that you're working so hard, so I have to leave at five, but I'm going to stay later just to help you out and support you. So God uses people, Christians and non-Christians, to move you towards your destiny. But sometimes it is very easy to get addicted to compliments. It's very easy to get addicted to people supporting you. It's get addicted to get used to people, you know, pushing you all the time. And sometimes uh, we get addicted so much that when we don't get the support, when we don't get the compliments, when we don't get what we expect from people, when we are going through a difficult situation, we start feeling bad. We go down. We lose, you know, encouragement because we believe that what we were receiving from people, we should still be receiving it. And it's like a drug that keeps us fixed. If we don't receive it, you know, we get discouraged. Why? Because, you know, people are there to validate you. People are there, are there to give you, you know, a sense of the worth that you have. Uh, people are there, you know, to, to encourage you. But here is the problem. If you become so dependent on what people do for you, and if you become so dependent on what people say about you, uh, you are giving away what God says about you and what God can give you. Sometimes we receive so much from people that we determine the value that we have in life based on what people say about us, based on what your co-workers say, based on what your boss says about you, based on what your neighbors say about you, based on what your family says about you, and we should be waiting to hear from God and be basing who we are on who God says that we are. Your worth, your value, who you are, doesn't come from any other person. It only comes through Jesus. It only comes from the one who created you. So relying on people can be very disappointing sometimes. Your value becomes from your creator. You know, people, uh, our friends, uh, people live very busy lives. People will let you down, you know, sometimes. Uh, your friends are not going to be there sometimes when you need them the most. Uh, sometimes, you know, your friends will not even find out when you are going through the most difficult situation in your life. And sometimes your best friends even will turn on you and will betray you and let you down. People, you know, we have to understand that our friends, our families, they also have their own problems. I had um, a friend long time ago that... I've, I've been going off and on, you know, with my Facebook account. Sometimes I close it, then I open it again, then I close it, then I open it again. And um, I closed it one time a few years ago because one friend of mine, uh, she got married. She moved from California to another state. And then for some reason, her husband died, you know, like in the next three months. So I was, I remember that I was going through a very, very difficult time back then. I wasn't even checking my Facebook. And all of a sudden, uh, when I went to check my Facebook, I started to see that there were a lot of comments on her Facebook page about, we're so sorry that he died. We're so sorry that your husband passed away. I hope you're okay. And then there were pictures of her, you know, with her husband's funeral, you know, in Mexico. So I'm talking to you about a three-month period. And then when she came 
came back to the United States, I called her and I say, hey, I, uh, how you doing? Um, I didn't know, you know, and she interrupted me right there. And she said, why are you calling me? And I said, well, I'm calling you because I saw the, the comments, you know, on your Facebook page. And I, okay, so you're calling me now, three months after my husband died? Do you think that's fair? You're not a good friend, so you don't want, I don't want to hear from you ever again. She hung up the phone, and she blocked me on her Facebook account. So I got very hurt, and I said, you know what, I'm going to close my own account as well because I can't please everybody. So I closed my account. Then I opened it again because, you know, my sister traveled to Mexico to see a doctor, a specialist, and she was going from Hermosillo to Guadalajara, and she didn't have any money when she was going back to El Salvador. So she was going on the plane, and then she got at the airport. My sister has rheumatoid arthritis, so she can't walk very fast. And then when she was uh, in the airport, the, she missed the plane. So I was in my work when I got this phone call, you know, with a number that had 58 from Mexico. So I said, that's weird. So I got the phone call. And for like seven seconds, I heard my sister just saying, Franklin, I missed the plane. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck here in the airport, you know, in Mexico. And I don't have any money to pay for another plane to go back to El Salvador. And I was in the middle of work. And I said, Clara, just just wait there. Look, I have a couple of friends who, and, you know, the, the, the phone call disconnected. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? My sister was left alone in Mexico. She didn't know what she was going to do. So I was like, I know what she's going to do. She's going to go into her Facebook account somewhere, somehow. She's going to get connection. So I went and opened the account again, and there it was, my sister. Oh, I got into somebody's phone, and I'm, you know, sending you this message. So we were able to communicate it, and that's how I opened my Facebook account again. But you know what? My friend didn't understand that I was going through a very difficult situation, and I didn't even know that her husband had died. She didn't even tell me. A lot of times, the people that are in your life, they don't even know either what you're going through. So it is unfair to place expectations on your friends that they're going to be there for you all the time and that they will supply that encouragement to you and that fix that you need because they are human beings. They will fail you. They will let you down. The Bible says that only Jesus will be there with you all the time. And he will be faithful to you. He will provide for you. He will raise you up. He will open doors for you. When you fall, he will pick you up. But we have to be careful when we place expectations on other people because it is unfair to them to make them feel that they are guilty when we know your worth, your value comes from your heavenly father. You know, even the Bible says that Jesus had a very close friend. His name was Peter. One day, uh, Peter and Jesus, you know, they were walking in a garden. Uh, Jesus' crucifixion, you know, was, was approaching. And then Jesus was kind of telling the disciples, guys, you know, I'm, I'm going to die pretty soon. But just remember everything I have told you. And Peter jumped. You know, he said, Jesus, no, no way. You're not going to die. I'm going to defend with you. I'm going to be with you, Christ. Oh, man. And I just imagine Peter, you know, did you know that he had a sword hitting, you know, in his dress, in, in his outfit. So Jesus said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you until death. If anyone, want, if anyone wants to kill you, I'll be there and I will die with you. And then Jesus said, Peter, Peter, you know, before the rooster sings, uh, you're going to deny me three times. So Peter didn't take that into account. But you know what? 
um, that that night, later on during the day, uh, Jesus, he was apprehended. And the Bible says that while Jesus was going through this trial with the religious leaders, uh, three different people came to Peter and they told Peter, hey, you, you sound like that master. You sound like Christ, like Jesus. You are one of them. And three times the apostle Peter denied that he knew Jesus. And the last time Peter got so upset that he was asked the same question that the Bible says that Peter started saying bad words. He started cussing out everybody, like trying to speak different, like, like this, distancing himself, you know, from Jesus. And Peter said, I already told you guys, I don't know that man. I don't know who you're talking about. And then when, as soon as he finished saying those words, he heard the rooster going like, Clickety-key. And he remembers the words of Jesus. He betrayed Jesus. And the Bible says that Peter wept bitterly because he remembered what Jesus had told him. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus, you don't see in the Bible that Jesus got upset with Peter or that Jesus got angry. It does, the Bible doesn't even say that Jesus started complaining and saying, Oh, God, why wasn't Peter there with me? He was one of my best friends. I took him to eat. I took him, you know, to see Moses and Elijah, you know, with myself. And he was one of my favorites and he knew it. Why did he let me down? Oh, God, I can't believe my friends have done this with me Jesus didn't say that even though Peter denied him three times because Jesus understood that his mission his value wasn't coming from Peter wasn't coming from his friends the approval that Jesus had even in John 15 Jesus said I don't care about you guys' approval. I don't know if you guys want to approve me or not. What I know is I know where I come from. I know who sent me, and I know who my father is. Jesus' feelings were not depending on how people made him feel. Jesus' feelings and emotions were depending on who he knew he was in the eyes of God. And that's the same thing that we have to do. Your value on a daily basis does not come on who calls you or who responds to you uh, on Facebook or how many likes you get on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I got 100 likes. I was hearing, you know, one of my friends, you know, saying, you know, um, just being proud about how she has like 10,000 followers, you know, in, in Instagram. And, and she was like, oh my gosh, I got 10,000 followers. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, okay, now what does that mean? And then, but I also noticed, you know, that every once in a while, she knows she gets down. So your value doesn't come from how many thousands of followers you have on Instagram. If you have 100,000 followers, you know, good for you. But you know what? That doesn't give you value. What gives you value is who you are in the eyes of God and when God approves you. If you are doing your best in your life and God approves you, then you value more than money, more than anything, you are valued the blood of Jesus Christ. So do not let anybody determine, you know, where your value comes from. Even if you don't see people, you know, that are, you know, encouraging you and, and calling you and, and texting you, uh, don't worry about that. You do your best, but get your encouragement from God. The, the, the scripture that we read says that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Humans will let you down. 
Your parents will let you down. Your children will let you down. Your co-workers will let you down. Your boss will probably let you down. Even sometimes, even your pastor sometimes will probably let you down. But your worth does not come from the people around you. Your worth, your value comes from who you are in your relationship with God. There's one thing that I really love um, in the book of Philippians, the letter of Philippians. Uh, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through Christ. Other translations of the Bible says about that verse that Paul said you, that I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You are self-sufficient because in the name of Jesus, he has planted the seed of greatness in you. Did you know that John chapter 14, Jesus was telling his disciples, Hey guys, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody goes to the Father but through me. And believe me, guys, you know, you guys, when I leave, you guys are going to do things that are even greater than me. You guys are going to be able to do greater things because anything that you ask to the Father in my name, I will give it to you. So God has planted the seed of greatness in your life. We only have to remember that, that that greatness does not depend on who approves me, who gives me encouragement, what people say, you know, about me. That greatness comes from the greatness that Jesus has planted in my life. You know, a long time ago, you know, when, when, um, when I was a teenager, my, my sister uh, used to make fun of me sometimes because I used to get a lot of pimples, you know, in my face. And... Um, and to make matters worse, you know, I love chocolate. Like, you have no idea. And uh, my sister would say, Franklin, you know, you got to start spending some money on medication or medicine or something because you, no, no girls are going to date you like that. Like, everybody's going to say no to you. And I would always tell my sister, well, I'm not interested in dating right now. You know, I just want to go to school. But anyways, uh, I had a struggle, you know, when I was a teenager because I thought my appearance was my value. The way I look is my value. Oh, if, I, if my face is pretty, then I have value because others recognize me. Others acknowledge it. And now I, I, I realize that my value, who I am doesn't depend on how many pimples I have or not. It depends on the relationship that I have with God. Look, if you have the grace of God in your life, if you have that greatness of God in your life, trust me, you will date, you will get married, you will accomplish a lot of things. But the Apostle Paul said, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So what we need to do is, you know, it's, and one of the things that we're teaching, you know, in the life group is that we got to develop that ability to encourage ourselves. You know, when you are down, encourage yourself up. When you feel like nobody likes you, you know what, don't ever say that. You know, go to the mirror and say, God, thank you for who I am. The Bible says that you are a marvelous, a wonderful create creation, a wonderful masterpiece in the eyes of God. The Bible says that you, are, you have been made into the image of God. You are beautiful. You are gorgeous. Whether you feel it or not, you have been made into the image of God. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. I can do all things through Christ because he gives him the strength. 
And if you read a few verses, you know, before, before that verse, the Apostle Paul was saying, I have been poor, I have had a lot of money, I have been sick, I have been healthy, I have a lot of food sometimes, sometimes I, have had, I haven't had anything to eat, but I have discovered the secret to life, and the secret is that I can do all things through Christ, no matter where I am in life, no matter what comes against me, I have discovered that I can still do things through Christ. Just remember that no single person can meet all your needs. Sometimes, you know, we place this expectation, you know, on if we're married, oh, my husband is not making me happy. Or my wife is not giving me 100%. Or she's not encouraging me anymore. Or, or he doesn't tell me compliments anymore. And uh, no person can 100% fulfill that need in your life. The only one that can is Christ. Um, the moment you depend less on people, you will become stronger in the eyes of God. The moment you let people go, I'm not saying giving compliments is bad. I'm not saying that. If anyone gives you compliments, you know, receive them, say thank you, you too. What I'm saying is the less you depend on people to give you value and you get your value from God, the more powerful you are going to become, you know, in life. God doesn't want you to depend on people. God wants you to depend on you. There's a story in the Bible that I really, really love in, in the book of Judges, chapter 7. And um, this is uh, the scripture that we're going to be talking about this coming Thursday. So I invite you to read it completely. But basically, this is what's going on in, in Judges, chapter 7. The Israelites had walked away from God one more time. So they had to go to war. The Midianites had joined a couple of other armies, and they gathered 135,000 soldiers to fight against the Israelites. The Israelites had about 32,000 soldiers. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you go to war with another country if they have 135,000 people and you have only... 32,000? Probably doesn't make any sense, right, to go to war. But look at what the scripture says in verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave the Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the, to the water and I will uh, thin them up for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank with the capped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that I, 
that lap, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others who were with him. So take a look at this picture now. Gideon has 32,000 men, and he's feeling good. Okay, God, I'm going to go and fight against those 135,000 soldiers. I know you're with me. God comes and says, Gideon, 32,000, that's way too many people. So I'm going to reduce that to 10,000. And then Gideon is like, oh, okay, God, uh, let's, let's do what you say. But um, God, I, I start to feel a little, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, 10,000 against 135,000, that's, that's like a big difference. And God comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, you still have way too many people with you. So we're going to go this. And then from 10,000, 9,700 men go back to Israelite. So Gideon is with 300 men against 135,000 people. And then I am very sure that Gideon was probably, okay, God, uh, I know you're great, but I mean, 32,000 to 10,000 and now 300, that's kind of like a big difference. I, I know you're with me, but uh, you will, I don't want to give you too many details of the story, but God, uh, Gideon is feeling like just 300 men, what do I do? Uh, God tells Gideon, go to the camp of the Midianites and just explore. If you have any doubts, then we'll see what happens. God did something great. To make the story short, when Gideon went to war, those 300 men defeated 135,000 soldiers with the help of God. So this is what the Bible is telling you today. You don't need everybody that you think you do in your life to make you succeed, to make you prosper. You don't need every single person that you think you need so that you can become someone in life. You don't need all of your coworkers' approval so that you can feel good about yourself and you can get a promotion, you know, in your job. The Bible says that promotion comes from the Father. Promotion comes from above. You don't need to have all your friends and your, your relatives, you know, cheering you up that you can get up, keep going to church, keep going to the life group. You can do it. The less you depend on people, the greater the power of God is going to be in your life. The Bible says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today, Lord God, for how beautiful and great you are. Lord, I bring before you today anybody in this group, Lord God, who might be feeling like abandoned, who might be feeling lonely, who might be even feeling sad or depressed. Maybe they've lost or got some good relationships with friends, co-workers, or families. Maybe, Lord God, uh, people haven't been there for them when they needed it the most. But, Lord God, the Bible says that it's better to take refuge in you than to take refuge in humans. The Bible says that we can do all things through Christ. 
The scripture tells us regarding in Judges chapter 7 that we don't need 32,000 to defeat 135,000. We don't need 10,000. With 300, you were able to defeat and give victory to the people of Israel so that they will believe in you that is better to depend in you than on the resources that we have. If there's anyone in this place who is looking for a job, who is looking to improve their life, who is looking to improve in relationships, succeed in life, just grow. Lord, I pray that you will remind them to them, Lord God, that the value that we have does not come on the circumstances that we face on a daily basis. The value that we have comes from who we are in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ because he gives us the strength to move forward. I pray for anybody who is sick. I pray for anybody who is facing a financial situation. I pray for anybody who's facing family issues. Uh, whatever Lord God is going on, I pray that you open their eyes today that trusting you, believing you, taking refuge in you is a million times better than expecting those things to come from any human being. Thank you, Lord God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Let's give a hand of applause to the Lord this morning. He's good. Amen.